Hello. Hello and welcome. It's Trucking Answers. We are here for yet another podcast that will be worthy of inclusion in the new Smithsonian Podcasting Wing. I'm here with my co-host Gracie today, who's sleeping on my Star Trek blanket, but at any moment she may jump in and have something to say. All right, so let's do it. It's 38 degrees. It's going to snow here today in Lafayette. I can't believe it. It's basically summer and we're going to get some snow. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. This is the place where you get me only through your ear holes. You don't actually have to look at me. Like I say in the future, we're going to do one where you don't get me through any hole. And that should be a very interesting show. I want to encourage everyone because I have a question here. Okay, so I have a question for everyone here right up front. How many pee bottles is the appropriate amount of pee bottles to leave in a truck when you know someone else also uses that truck? All right, one, five, 12. I don't know. Let me know. I got a video out on the YouTubes about it right now. So head over to Trucking Answers on YouTube. Watch what I have to say there. Let me know what you think a good number of pee bottles is going to be. Today we're going to have some trucking news, some automotive news. And in the third half of the show, we will have another reason why we do not live on Mars. Do you know why we're not living on Mars, the beautiful red planet that Arnold Schwarzenegger did a documentary about? All right, that's because they're a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people that live on this planet that are preventing us smart, brilliant people from getting to that planet. And we'll have that reason coming soon. So it's been reported everywhere in the trucking news that Walmart, one of my not favorite companies to drive for, is raising its driver pay to between ninety dollars and $110,000 a year. And here's what the news articles are saying. Oh, this is double what the average driver makes in the United States. Why? Because the Bureau of Labor Statistics says the average over-the-road driver makes $47,980 per year. All right, where are they getting that from? You know how they do that? They figure a driver's hourly wage and multiply it by 40. All right, that's how they do it. They go, oh, well, the average transportation worker makes, you know, $24 an hour or something. They multiply it by 40. That's how they do it. And so they say 47. And let me ask you, astute listeners through ear holes, are any of you over the road making $47,000 in the last year? Maybe if you just started at some crap company, that's 900 bucks a week. All right, corn pop. So that's not great money. And I really don't know any drivers doing that. A lot of companies have a guarantee that's higher than that. All right, and you can go even to some of the worst companies that I've listed over the years on YouTube and make, you know, close to twice that, certainly, a week without too much problem. You know, we got places doing fourteen, sixteen hundred $1,600 guarantees, $1,800 guarantees at some great places. So, uh, and I see drivers even making more than that. So it's absolutely possible to do that. It turns out Walmart... Uh, is also going to hire students. They're going to hire students. So they will. They have a, two training centers. One's in Dover, Delaware, and I don't remember where the other one is going to be. What they're going to do first is take people that live in the area that work for Walmart and train them to be drivers. But eventually, they said they're going to build more of them and take people and train them. You said need three years. It used to be like five years. Then three years lately, 36 months. Now it's no experience. So here's the thing. Once people figure out about you know, working there, the micromanaging part of it is, you know, what bothers me more there. And the 90 grand over the road, you know, although, well, that's good money, 
that's not any kind of great money news and it's disappointing to me that we'll see this like in cdl life and stuff where they're just parrot stuff they just report stuff that they read they don't even know anything about what they're talking about there aren't any road drivers making forty-seven thousand that have three brain cells to rub together because you don't have to do that anymore this isn't 1984 okay so uh 900 is long gone long out of the picture but there's places putting this out there oh they're raising their pay to executive level pay there's plenty of places paying that same kind of money you don't have to go there although you do get a discount at walmart so if you were a shopper there you could do something about that that would uh that would help your right there but otherwise no right i'm not gonna go slip seat to sleeper they are getting rid of that kind of thing but they still do it some. I've talked to drivers. They did get rid of their stupid phone policy, so that's good. Now you can talk on the phone like a normal person. They got rid of that because, look, they just can't get people. Once people get there and they figure this stuff out, they go work somewhere else. So that's the problem with that. And did you see this other guy? Okay, so in Ohio, this was just recently. Troopers were trying to stop a truck. They didn't say exactly why they were trying to stop. Anyway, it wouldn't stop. All right, he's just driving along, but not speeding, not like trying to get away, but just driving. And it took them a while, and they had to get a bunch more cars, and they get this person pulled over, and they had it, and he wouldn't come out of the truck. All right, so he wouldn't come. So they got to do a bunch of stuff. They get him out of the truck. It turns out, what do the police say? There's a language barrier. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Not the language you would think, though. This guy's name is like Shmimar Patel, and he's from, of course, Canada. And they said uh, eventually they had got somebody on the phone to get him out of there and got him figured out. They said he didn't know he's supposed to pull over, you know, for the police. Now, here's the thing. Do they not do that in Canada? All right, so if the police, even though they're on horseback still, the horse with the red light on top of it, if they're chasing you, up there do you, are you not supposed to pull over for the mounted uh police that they have because that's all they have in canada that from what i understand from public school and from watching uh saturday morning cartoons so i'm just saying is this something that is not and i'm not from uh you know uh, uh any of these other countries so if you just came here last week <laughs> do they not do this in india where this person is originally from which is what the article said and so he had no idea. This is the thing. There can't be a language barrier is required to follow the laws of this country while he's driving here. All right. So he should be booted out of the country, deported out of here, right? And prohibited from returning. That's how it should work. He's actually arrested for evading, uh, evading police or whatever, stopping. But no charge for the CDL violation, which there should be, you know. Your license plate light is out, and so then they write that up, and you get CSA points and everything. But here, this actual violation, right? They don't that they don't do anything about that. They got forty cops with guns out, but the actual violation, nothing, not written down anywhere. That's very disappointing to me. I would like to see that enforced. It is the law, no matter what the new Supreme Court justice says or Corn Pop or anybody else, right? You don't have to be a biologist to figure it out. It's written in the law. And so it should be enforced. If you come here and don't know the laws, I, I don't understand it, right? You, you need to know that while you're driving here. Werner and Aurora Technologies are going to partner up. And they're starting to haul freight from Dallas to El Paso. All right. So Aurora Technology, another autonomous truck. And Werner says, well, you know, this part of the haul <laughs> is really something. <clears throat> 
Werner says, look, we can't really get people to do this part of it. And they said uh, that their main route, like Atlanta, L.A. route, is what Werner says. And so they want to automate as much of it as possible. And so this is the first step. It's a little over 600 miles, according to them, which they do in nine hours. Currently, there is a safety driver in the truck, but they're working uh, to better understand the camera. They said this: these cameras have better concrete barrier recognition because the color's close to the color on the road they uh, you know so that makes it a little bit harder cones barrels all that kind of stuff to better navigate construction zones and uh, i don't understand werner uh you know oh, we can't get people to do this part of the route look if you get an atlanta to la run do you just like i'll do i'll go to dallas but i don't want to do that next leg i mean you do the whole route i don't understand these longer you know flat routes are kind of easier to do so i always thought <clears throat> there's that truck stop as you meet uh, down there Near El Paso, you got to like climb a hill. I cannot remember the name of that place. Way down where you meet the interstate down there near the border, and you climb a hill up to that truck stop. They had something. Boy, it's terrible. Once you get into your extreme upper thirties, you can't remember all this kind of stuff. But I remember stopping down there all the time. It was up the hill. It was always windy up there and stuff. I just don't understand going back and forth here how Werner says, you know, we can't get people to do this section. What they could get probably are uh, solo drivers, day cab drivers that are home every day. 600 miles, perfect, right? They meet in the middle, bingo. Everybody's home every day. They have drivers in Dallas, drivers in El Paso. You could get local drivers to do this and be home every day. But then again, you'd have to pay people here. Once you finally get the truck to drive it yourself, you can tell the people to get lost. They won't have to drive at all. I still think you could run local solo drivers on it and get people to do it. 300 out back, easy day. So they pick a spot in the middle to meet. Simple, simple UPS, a lot. FedEx, I see these people doing these at truck stops all over. But Werner's going to partner with uh, Aurora to do this kind of stuff. Look, eventually this day comes. The day comes where the safety driver gets out of the truck and the truck drives itself. That day's coming. Now, people write to me all the time, Mark, is that, when is that going to happen? Is that going to be by this summer? No, it's not going to be by this summer where they take a lot of freight up. But it is going to be some summer. It's going to come in the, you know, the decades uh, that are ahead of us where trucks, especially through the south and southwest, do drive themselves around through parts. So they'll automate part of the freight network. Werner and all these other large companies that are partnering with these places, which we knew that's where it would be. They have the toughest time getting drivers because they're the worst companies to work for. So they can't get people. And so it makes sense for them to just have the truck drive itself. They're like, we can't get anybody in here anyways. Let's just have the truck leave without somebody. You know, smaller places won't be able to do it. It's expensive. The trucks are expensive. This company, Aurora, has its own road service network. And so I thought, I thought that was pretty interesting in the article because people always say, What's the truck going to do when it breaks down? Well, Aurora has a road service network. The other ones may also. I don't know. The other ones that are out there. But they made a big deal about it in the article that they have a, a road service network. So right now, I guess the safety driver would call. But eventually, any kind of light or whatever, the truck can certainly call itself. Because people have always commented, what about when it breaks down? Well, the truck can call for its own service. Okay, that isn't any problem. Anything that's out of the ordinary, the truck can send a message, call for service. That's not a big deal at all. Cars can do that now. You know, you're in an accident. The car calls the police as it is. So I don't think that's a big um, hurdle to get over for these places. But Werner, Werner jumping into the autonomous trucking, eventually, eventually, 
Eventually, a percentage of road jobs will be taken by autonomous trucks. Eventually. Currently, there's only a few hundred on the road, probably a thousand at the most. Eventually, though, you know, some percentage of jobs will go this way, certainly. With a little housekeeping here that I was thinking about before I get into the next thing here from the, our friends at the ATA. Because of some schedule changes here and uh, stuff that's going on, there will be no live show Monday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. What? Yes, I just cannot do it because of a schedule that is going on here. So I hope to get the show back up at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time soon. There'll be some live shows uh, probably at random times for the time being. But uh, we hope to get back to regular schedule, regularly scheduled programming, as they say, soon. But at the moment, no live show Monday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time or at any other scheduled time until further notice. So let's get to what the ATA is saying. The American Trucking Association says driver churn is great. <laughs> it's awesome that people keep quitting and moving around. They go, hey, this is really a good thing. And uh, partly it is a good thing, okay? Uh, and mostly, though, it isn't. They said uh, driver's 90% uh, turnover rate, which is the average at companies, is mostly churn, which is drivers switching, uh, you know, carriers. You quit here, go there. And that's a great opportunity for drivers. That's an indication of driver empowerment. Uh, so that, uh, that, you know, and it sort of is, it is an empowerment in that you can just pick up the phone and get a job. But what it really means is that the companies are lousy, you know, that they, they can't keep their people. Uh, that's not really a good thing for the company. So companies with the higher turnover rates don't do, aren't doing a very good job. Even the secretary of the department of transportation says 300,000 people leave the industry every year. You know, that's the thing, what they're saying here. And they have like a little, um, paper here that you can't see because you're only getting me through your ear hole but uh, what ha what they're saying is that oh people you know that come in the industry they just go company to company to company and they don't go anywhere it's just people hopping around getting better raises and stuff well if 300,000 people a year leave the industry the same department of transportation says about 30,000 people a month get a license <laughs> right that's 360,000 so what they're saying is out of 360,000 people, only 60,000 are in the industry after one year. <laughs> That's something. Where did they go? All right. If they're not churning, where are they? If you ain't churning, you ain't earning. Where'd they go? Well, they're gone. They're gone because what happened is they go through a couple of places. Usually people go to the same few places. I see this all the time on the YouTubes. Oh, I quit, uh, you know, uh, this place, Swift, and now I'm at Werner, and now I'm at, uh, you know... Uh, you know, some other large plan, and I'm at England, and I'm at Stevens, and all. You know, they just churn through the same large places. They just, and so they're all the same. You know, it's just the four sides of the same garbage coin, uh, and which is usually just a penny because that's all you're getting. And you eventually you leave. Eventually, people, it takes, you know, only a few people actually find a decent place. And, uh, you know, what this article is saying is that, oh, you know, well, churn is a good thing. Not really. It's tough. You know, you change. It takes a while to get used to the new place or whatever. So you should take, a, you know, really decide if you want to go somewhere or not a new place. Now, sometimes at some point, yeah, it's better to leave. But what the what this little graphic is showing drivers going through six places in a year, who would do that? All right. That's not that's not really great. And that doesn't do the industry any good either. 
I'm surprised the ATA would try to make light of it like this. I suppose it's just for the press to make themselves look good. Because generally, ATA companies that have a difficult time keeping drivers because they're the worst companies. That's the ones that have to pay the ATA to lobby the government to get things changed. You know, where you see ATA trucks out there with Big Mama and Corn Pop, as we saw earlier this week on the uh, in front of the White House. And so that's why they have to do it. But they, they have this graphic, The Truth About Trucking Turnover, which you can go find. It's all garbage, you know. It isn't driver empowerment, really, that is doing that. You know, as, the, as it says here, it's more driver desperation, really. They're just trying to make themselves look good. They're trying to put a good spin, kind of polishing a turd, as they did on Mythbusters. I don't know if anybody saw that one. Probably you all did. It was pretty good. And they actually were able to do it, which was pretty funny. Adam was able to do it which I thought was pretty hilarious. Don't get, don't buy into this. I'm sure nobody here buys into this garbage from the ATA, but they can't, uh, you know, they can put that out there all they want, but that doesn't make it any good. That doesn't make it a, a you know, a real thing for anybody. Oh, this is good. This is good. So President uh, Biden, who is a known driver, has nominated, uh, what is her name? Let's take a look at it here. Robin Hutches Hutchison. Okay, Robin Hutchison to be the head of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. All right, she's currently the acting administrator of the administration. The acting administrator, right, okay, since January. So she has led the safety policy uh, and coordinated other critical efforts, including COVID-19 response. <laughs> I'm sure you'll love to hear that. But here's the thing. What did she do before this? Is she a truck driver? Did she run a trucking company? Does she have a license like our president does? Well, before joining the Department of Transportation, she was director of public works for the city of Minneapolis, overseeing 1,100 people, including drinking water and sewage department. All right, solid waste and recycling. How convenient that she'll head, uh, you know, a place that talks to the ATA. So maybe she can uh, get something to them. She also served as the transportation director for Salt Lake City and was on the board of directors for the National Association of City Transportation Officials. It doesn't say how you get in to become that, okay? So there you go. That's uh, who will be the new administrator if it goes through. I mean, nobody's really been an administrator since October of 2019. We have all these acting people, and by the time they get the nomination up, they leave. <laughs> so I don't know what will happen with her, but, um, you know, it's kind of a, funny that, you know, she will head this after heading the um, Department of Sewers in Minneapolis. I don't know if any of you know her or whatever. That is the story with her. She will, if she ever gets to the point, she'll get nominated at the moment. You know, she will pass the nomination because normally these people do get through without any problems. Tesla Semi, where is it? It's missing in action. I put a picture of one on a milk carton because I can't find it. Every year, Musk is out there saying, let's do it this year. Now he just came out and says, next year, 2023. We're going to build them. He says, look, we're busy. We got other stuff to do. We're going to get them out there. So 2023 now is a date for the Tesla Semi. Uh, by the time they get this thing out there, I'm not even going to have a license. I'm not going to be able to drive one anywhere. So uh, we need to get this thing out because I'd love to see one, get in it, drive it around, and uh, see the latest from that. Speaking of that, did you see the Hummer EV? All right, so there's been some tests of this thing out, and I finally found out some information about it. Number one, the thing weighs 9,000 pounds. The battery pack weighs the same as a Honda Civic. All right. 
It has a battery pack that weighs over 3,000 pounds. And, which is what I was curious about, it is 200 kilowatt battery pack. All right, that's huge. All right, so uh, yeah, zero to 63 seconds, a little 1,000 horsepower, 1,100 torques on the top end one, which is one you can get now. 120 grand about for the one that's out now. They'll have one in the 80,000 range. So is this the replacement? So is this what the administration is talking about? Hey, if you can't afford gas, just go buy an EV like this $120,000 EV. Now you are looking at an hour easy uh, to charge a fully depleted battery, even at a high speed, because it's got so much juice in it. It's gigantic. So that's the problem with this. So like I always say, I'll take my Sonic here to St. Louis and back, um, you know, or Kansas City and back against any of these EVs. No problem. No problem, right? Because the Hummer's got to sit around for an hour to get 300 miles of range in it. And the other thing that they're putting out in some of these uh, vehicles is maybe something that's, you know, not quite true. So what they're saying on the eat like the EV6, okay, out of Kia, what they're saying on that is, look, on a high speed charger, you can get 100 miles of range in six minutes. Yes. Okay. And so when they put that out there and people buy this car. What they're going to expect is super fast charging, and you don't always get that. That had that's had a 350 watt charger, all right. You don't get those 350 kilowatt charger. There are not that many of those around. Most of these chargers out there are maybe 150, 200. So you're not going to get that kind of speed, and I think people are going to be disappointed in that because look, when you go to the dealer, they don't have any idea what they're talking about about these cars at all. They're not interested in selling them, talking about them, or anything else. So you read that or you see it in an article or something and you're like, oh, okay, uh, I can go get that and just it'll be super fast charging a few minutes and I'm charged back up. No, no, because you got to get a hot, super high speed charger. You know, you're level two at your garage. You know, and when you park your car, you look at 30 miles an hour in your uh, at your house, 30, 35 miles an hour. It isn't it's not as fast as they're saying. And I think when they put that out there and people don't understand how the charging works, it becomes a problem. For instance, when the car has less charge in it, if you're down at 10%, it charges really quickly. But once you get up at 80%, it slows the charge down considerably. There's only so much room in there. And so imagine you can't pack it in there as fast and it takes more time. This needs to be explained to people because they're going to get this car and be disappointed that it isn't that fast. Oh, they think, oh, charging is that fast. Each charger has a different speed. Imagine if you went to the gas station and there were pumps some pumps that were you know a tenth of a gallon per minute some are a gallon a minute you know some are four gallons a minute all right that's what we're talking about here for car charging it depends on how fast it's coming out of the pump into the car that's as fast as the car can accept it and it has to talk to it correctly and stuff there's a lot of things that have to go right to get that speed of charging now, do you remember the Dodge Dart? <laughs> All right. No, not the early Dart with the Slant 6. Okay, when Stellantis brought back basically a Fiat-powered uh, Dart, a compact car. Well, car makers every quarter release their sales figures. And it turns out first quarter of 2022, this year, Dodge, a Dodge dealer, didn't say where, sold a Dart, a new Dart. And you're like, well, Mark, who cares about that? 
Well, I care, and I think it's interesting, because the last year they made Dodge Darts was 2016. That means some dealer had a new car on their lot for six years, at least, maybe longer, and sold that thing new. Somebody went in and said, yep, that six-and-a-half-year-old new car is for me. So if the dealer never put the car as an in-service car, like where it's a dealer loaner or whatever, as long as it was still new, you should still have the original warranty. But I'll tell you what, the tires are already probably seven years old on that car, right? And all the hoses and everything else, and it's probably been idled quite a lot there over the years. I don't know, it didn't show how many miles it had on it. It can't have that many miles on it. It's just something <clears throat> you don't see that. Very often, even where I was, we only had we had a couple of cars that were two model years old and several a single model year old, which is a good way to get it. So you go in right now, beginning of 2022, and you try and find a leftover 21 that's been sitting there for a few months, and you pick that up. That can be a good deal. I can't imagine how much money you'd get off on a six-year-old new car. It would ha I wouldn't pay more for it than it is used. So you should look up that car used with however many miles it has on it and because that's what it's worth as soon as you buy the thing. It becomes a used car. You would need probably 6000 These cars were mid-20s to 28000 right in there. It didn't say what it was. They're usually SXTs. It gives you an automatic <coughs> air, stuff like that. Um, I would think it's going to have to be probably six dollars to $8,000 off sticker. So twenty five, you're going to be looking at sixteen, eighteen thousand right in there new. Then it might not be a bad deal. That'd be only uh, you know two seventy five because you'd still have full factory warranty. It would have to have that too. If it didn't, they're going to have to slap on a Dodge extended service plan at no charge for this thing for at least what the new thing would have been. I thought it was really something that somebody went in and said, yeah, oh, six-year-old car, that's for me. Maybe they couldn't find any of their cars and they're like, yeah, this is what it's. This is where it's going to be. I want a car that is really rated low in reliability, even six years ago. Now that it's been sitting around at a dealership for all these years, and I'm I'm in for that. Pretty interesting, I thought. Now we head out to find out why we don't live on Mars. Why am I opening my door to Earth? Because there are people here that just can't let me get there. So today we head out west to Tucson where we find a dude living in a cinder block basement. And you don't find many of those in Tucson. His basement, no mold though. Why? Super dry. It's dry in there. Cracked hands, everything. You can imagine how dry it is. So he's sitting there with his TV propped up on his card table watching Sally Jesse Raphael and decides, you know what? I need some wheels. Because he's got to get around and it's hot out. You know, I mean, who wants to walk around? It's like 150 degrees out every day. All right, so he heads on out. And um, turns out he's not going to the car lot. <laughs> he's going to go get a car. So he jumps in a car, got a gun, and tells the guy, drive, right, drive. And uh, he goes, hey, he's carjacking this car. I think I think we understand that. Uh, sort of. He tells the guy, hey, you got anything good in here? Not really. And he goes, hey, what about that stereo? And the guy's like, yeah, that's a nice stereo, whatever. And the guy's like, look, why don't just leave me alone? I need this car for work or whatever. And the guy goes, look, here's what I'm going to do. All right. Um, pull, pull over right here. This I cannot, you know, this kind of stuff can't make up. 
So a criminal's like, pull over here. I'm going to let you out. You wait here. I'll take your car back to my place. I'll take out the stereo and I'll bring you your car back. All right. And uh, <laughs> so he lets the guy out and takes off with his car. Well, the guy turns out, calls the cops <laughs> and they wait. And lo and behold, not long later, the criminal comes back with the car. What? Who does that? All right. If you carjack a car, just take the whole car. Either way, he comes back to give the guy the car back. And I guess some cops are just like hanging around casually, you know, and they arrest him. Arrest. <laughs> I just look. So now this guy, I got to feed this guy dry cheese sandwiches and really dry in Tucson, right? Dust dry sandwiches out there for who knows how long. It's probably not his first arrest. It didn't say. I just don't understand people. I just don't get it. Plus, how stupid are you? Okay, how you wait here and I'll bring you your car back. What do you think? The person's going to stand there and not call the police? Come on. Come on. But yet, here we are. This is a police blotter article. Okay, so I just don't get it. But this is why I can't get to Mars. Because my money goes for cheese now instead of Mars. Even though, right, even the moon, maybe we could send them to the moon. That's made of cheese, the way I understand it. But I just can't get to Mars because of people like this. That's why we don't live on Mars. Too many of them, not enough of us. Remember, no live show Monday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. So sorry. Hope to have it back very soon. And uh, otherwise, be safe out there. Snow today. Thanks for listening, and we will be back soon with another Trucking Answers podcast.